Two peas, Two and, peas a and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas, Two and, peas a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong. y'all uh two peas in a bong in the building it's your boy dp it's your boy kp and back at it again ubon all right man so um last episode we basically got some insight from a couple of uh residents in minneapolis about the george floyd incident and we all know that um the reach of the situation has gone beyond the state lines of minnesota um there were protests all around the country. And um, there were some here in Los Angeles. Uh, so I decided to jump on it, get in the mix, take my kids down there because I feel it's very important for us to start um, instilling things in our kids that make them basically light a fire under them, that make them go after the things that they want as far as change that's needed for black folks um i've talked to them about things i'm sure you guys have talked to your kids about things we've talked to our children about police brutality all of that kind of stuff so i mean we had those discussions and my kids were like you know they were amped about getting out there and basically making a difference really you know protesting for something that they believe in Mm -hmm. and um hopefully that that day will carry on you know because i spoke to them like listen you know if something's not right, you have to get off your ass and try to make it right and do what you can to make it right. Mm. So we were out there, man. We were out there. Um, and I had a couple a couple people who told me, like, man, it was dope that they were out there and it kind of made them want to get up and get out there and do something, too. So I know of a couple other people who actually took their kids out and stuff like that. But um, my thing is just and you guys can agree or disagree. It's like if you're going to talk about it and you know it's an issue that affects your community and it affects your people, do something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And full disclosure, man, I did not go out and protest. Uh, Let me just throw that out there first. But um, neither did I. Uh, but I had extenuating circumstances. Bums. No, 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 no. I'm fucking now, with y'all. <laughs> I, you know, I am, you know, consider myself very, very pro-black. Um, but there were extenuating circumstances. Uh, my wife has maybe the worst immune system. And I think she's passed that bad immune system to one of my younger kids. So... Between the two of them, you know, me just going to work on a regular basis drives her crazy. I got to come in the house. As soon as I get in the house, I basically have to strip, throw everything I wore to work in the washing machine, the whole nine. So to be around a bunch of people, to be in a big crowd like that would have just, you know, would have freaked would have freaked her out mentally to the point that she would have felt like, you know, somebody brought COVID-19 into the house or something like that. So um, under normal circumstances, we definitely would have got out there. We, But obviously from a distance, you know, we watched a lot of stuff on TV. I made sure that our kids got to see it from different vantage points, you know, not just giving them CNN shit. Listen, to, listen to Fox News. Watch how they talk, you know, um, you know, MSNBC, getting the local news, just seeing people that were on the ground, seeing how, you know, live it was in the first couple of days and seeing how, you know, there were people out there really getting hit with tear gas, rubber bullets explaining to them the you know the rioting and the looting and how even though it looks bad you know it's it's the you know it's it's a, it's a culmination of just a lot of pinned up frustration anger over situation after situation time after time year after year of you know fighting for stuff that you ne- that you don't get so um you know we still we still did our part internally as as far as making it a teachable moment 
And, you know, and again, we've had these. It's it's so crazy. We released uh, the State of the Black Union two weeks before this. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear our take on this, just go back and listen to the State of the Black Union that we did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally just rewind and play it again. We talked about police brutality. We talked about citizens taking um Taking things and you know taking shit into their own hands, which you're seeing now with some of these protests as the swell for Black Lives Matter, you know, starts to get bigger and bigger. You're starting to see a lot of the uh, anti, <laughs> like the anti Black Lives Matter. I don't even know what to call them. Like now, you know, you see them posted at, at the peaceful protest. They got guns out. They got assault mm-hmm. rifles and mm-hmm. police presence there, not saying shit. Yeah. You know, like that's that's the crazy thing. But I have n- I have not I have yet to see a situation where it's you know, the police are out there and you got a bunch of black dudes out there with guns. So, well, I'll say this. Uh, Minnesota does have um, a citizens North, patrol out there. North Minneapolis. Yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. So they it, 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 out there, they do have a, um, a citizens patrol that's basically going around and making sure that you don't have these. uh you know, folks who ain't a part of the cause inciting riots. Um, why do let's call them white extremists? Yeah, you can put that label. Yeah, you can put that label on them. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're going around and making sure that they keep them motherfuckers in check, basically. Yeah, and protecting um, the businesses in that mm-hmm. area, and protecting the black businesses in that area, in the area of North Minneapolis. They're protecting the businesses. Yeah, so I think I think that's dope. You know, just kind of reminds you of uh, like the Black Panther Party, man just making sure they police their own community because it's like clearly law enforcement that you're paying your Your taxes and everything for it is paying the salaries and everything and you know you're expecting them to take care of what's going on in your community it's not happening so yeah but yeah that's that's just one thing and just to echo um some of the stuff that uban said um we too in the in the patent house we made um we made this a dialogue. So all the events that are going on, um, we talked about it amongst each other as a family. And I just I got the perspective of my children, you know, perspective of my wife, and just the temperature as far as how everyone felt. Now we too we didn't go to the um the protests either. I was working during the day. So no, just, you know, just talking about it, uh, getting a perspective. I mean, the biggest thing for me is because my oldest two children are teenagers and I want them to at least have an opinion and have an emotion as to what's going on. Um, and, and the fact that they do that for me, you know, that, that says a lot and that, that, that means a lot to me. Um, and you know, my, I'm finding out that my second oldest son is a lot more militant <laughs> than I would have expected him to be uh, just because he's he's been suburban. He, you know, he's living the suburb his, his, his whole life pretty much. But uh, yeah, uh, he loves his black people, man. He loves black culture. And, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a soldier, man, in in the near future. And 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 he's going to I can see him being at protests and, and, and standing up for the cause. So I'm not and, and I'm not knocking y'all for not going to protest. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's good that y'all, you know, are being as active as you can be with your children and telling them what they you know, need to know about what's going on and everything like that, because um, I want to make a point. If you feel inclined to protest, get your ass out there and do it. Um, you know, if you're talking about protests and stuff like that and, and you're able to and you don't have circumstances that are holding you back because there's a lot of people who don't have the same circumstances you guys are talking about. Get out there and do something. But um, going back to last week's episode, it was a point that uh, Miss Walker made, mm-hmm. which is it doesn't stop at the protest. So, you know, the protest will get some attention, but then it's actually legislation and the voting locally which uban put an emphasis on voting locally that's going to change so you know if you ain't out there doing that too that's also an issue and if and and if um younger americans black white asian latino other sorry if i left you out but um if they can take away that from this man that's huge that is that is huge because you know, a lot of people, they don't vote. Uh, they wait for, you know, on, on a 
on a kind of like in the middle type of scale where it's just like I vote because I'm American. It's like when you get that presidential election every four years, boom, I'm going to vote. But every year you can vote locally. And a lot of people don't do that. So you got somebody like me, honestly, coming up in South Central, being from the hood, being a part of a disenfranchised community. I was saying fuck voting at a young age. Right. I was in college and they were trying to they were trying to te- they would come to the, to our college campus, you know, and that was back when Diddy was saying, like, rock the vote. I think that was the, that was a, that was a yeah. slogan. Early 2000s. And the voter died. Voter died. Thank you. It was the yeah. voter die. Rock the vote. All that shit. They was bringing that shit to campuses and they was having parties and they have a DJ out there. And all we looking at is like, oh, like these little young chicks. OK, <laughs> I'm going to let her when this shit is over. I'm going to let her when this shit is over. But that voting shit, like. Cause I was like, yo, I'm in North Carolina. I'm educated enough to know this is a Republican state. Mm-hmm. And I think this was all of our stances at the school. Like our vote isn't going to take us over the top. You know what I'm saying? And win this for the, for the Democrats. But mm-hmm. everybody collectively thought that that's why I remained a Republican state. Fast forward to the first Obama, the first Obama election. That was my first time voting. I think it was a lot of young people's first time voting. Mine too. North Carolina, who is a, tried and true Republican state, no matter which way you want to look at it, they voted Obama. Mm. A, a Republican state voted Obama that year. And it just goes to show, like, we probably would have made a difference if we actually cared. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I think that the voting thing is, like, really huge. Um, My oldest son just turned 18, and I had a conversation with him this weekend. It was like, yo, you know, like, you know, we kind of had like a current affairs type, like, hey, like, are you kind of like aware of what's going on and, you know, how it affects you? And, and you know, I'll leave all that. That's our personal conversation I'll leave. But one thing I did tell him was like, hey, bro, you 18 now, you need to register to vote. And, you know, we need to have those discussions about what it means for you to vote locally and how it can affect certain things in your community um, where you live now, you know? So, and it was like something that like a year ago or two years ago, I probably would not have had that conversation with him. But coming off the heels of Ahmaud Arbery and then George Floyd, it was damn near a conversation that I could not not have with him. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I've had some, you know, feelings, negative feelings toward voting before, you know, just coming up. It's just like, oh, does it really count and stuff like that? But it was almost like I would I would do it anyway because I had that mindset of like, well, you know, if I if I don't do it when it comes to bringing everything to the table and it's like well did you vote and then it's like if i'm saying no i can't tell if it matters or not right but if everybody does it and then the question is asked well did you vote and everybody is like hell yeah and still nothing changed then you know you can you can tell yeah whether it's working or not so it's kind of like if you don't do anything how how are you ever going to know if it's going to make change or not and that's why i'm saying you know whatever it is that you can do even if it's not you can't go protest like these two bums no i'm just playing <laughs> if you can't if you can't go protest um do something you know what i'm saying and i and and i know i know y'all are gonna do something you know what i'm saying so i'm just saying to to the folks out there do something and while i'm speaking of the folks out there i want to touch on this man there were more white folks out there at the protest mm. than black folks speak on it it wasn't even close I mean, man, driving up to City Hall, you know, as we're approaching downtown, driving up to City Hall, I see people walking with signs, you know, going toward there. We're trying to find somewhere to park. I didn't see, and I'm not even exaggerating, while we're looking for a space, I didn't see one black person walking toward that protest with a sign. When we got there, you know, I see, you know, a mixture of folks and stuff like that. But for this to be a black issue, I would say, you know, black folks were underrepresented at that particular protest. I don't know if that's been the case at every single one, but I've heard people who've gone to different ones who are telling me the same thing. Now, I'll say this just from a bird's eye view. I will say that even when I've seen protests, I mean, outside of Atlanta, black people own the city. That's black owned. So they're going to be the majority. Mm hmm. DC, Philly, like black people own those cities. So like you are going to see a majority there. But outside of those cities, uh, Los Angeles, which is a melting pot. I see like the day that uh, the city, um, a lot of people were protesting outside of uh, the, the mayor's house. That was probably a 50 50 crowd, black and other. And it's funny to me because I've been having conversations with people and they just it's almost like 
they don't feel they, they don't feel comfortable with seeing this many people, this many non-black people riding for the culture. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it that much more uncomfortable for people when you see that when you see that black power fist go up in the air, but that hand is a little pink, <laughs> a little pale, or as or or as Virgil would say, off white. <laughs> you know, um, and it's a tricky situation. Like, and a lot of a lot of black people, and see that it, it just goes. It's it's so deep. It goes to show the distrust that has been built between blacks and America. That even when you have allies that are helping you in the fight, you don't trust it. But right. but, but just, ooh, I'm sorry, you you and you say allies, and here's. Here's my thing, because you you go back. Let's go back to the civil rights movement from 1954 to 1968. And it's, you know, going over the disenfranchisement, uh, racial discrimination and racial segregation for it was, you know, initially for blacks. But then it became for minorities and minority. It's, you know, it there are different groups represented with minorities. So you have with minorities, you have Latinos, you have blacks, you have Asians, you have Native Americans, you have Middle Easterners, you have white women, you have gays. Um, All these individuals now under the blanket of minority, now we're looking at them as our allies. Now, if they're standing in there fighting with us, now they're going to want rights and privileges as well when it's all said and done. And now the initial calls that we were fighting for in terms of police brutality, I'm talking about now, in terms of police brutality and killing unarmed black men and black women, now it turns into something else. Has it turned into that yet though? Has it it made a turn into that right now? But if history repeats itself and it does, it will. So it's only a matter of time. See, that's what I'm saying. But what are you, what are you, what have you been seeing? Let me ask you this. Have you seen um, anything in your time in present day, a reaction to a public reaction to a protest like you've seen so far with this one no but we've also seen with this um white extremists that are amongst uh, um other white folks that may be protesting on our behalf that are doing the silly shit that are doing the looting that are burning down black businesses and everything else okay so, okay oh, but that's a that's a different topic that's, and that, we and get it, that i i agree with that and it's okay. a small percentage it's a small percentage of it's a small percentage of the of the protesters in general. I was shown a picture of a protest in Buffalo, New York, had to be a couple thousand people, and I couldn't spot a black person. Those aren't all agitators. I hear you. And and, what, and I'm just go ahead, Uban. What I'll say is this this George Floyd case it's the perfect storm. It came, we were already, we were stacking issues. We were already stacking issues as, as a country, but you have 40 million unemployed people. Then you tell them you can't go anywhere. You're stuck in the house for three months and, and counting. Now you witness somebody get murdered by a police officer on, on film. It was just George Floyd just happened to be the martyr. Um, you know, and he, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be a martyr. Mm Mm-hmm. He just became the voice of this movement. And again, it's because, yeah, you got people that can protest all night. I don't have nowhere to go tomorrow. I don't have a job. So guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to come out here and protest. And you can arrest me. I'm going to come back out here tomorrow. You can arrest me tomorrow. I'm going to come back out here the next day. I'm going to be out here seven days a week because I don't have anywhere to go. Now, look, just imagine if we weren't, if if we didn't have 40 million unemployed people, do you think people would be, because like, it's literally like people just go home, get a couple hours of sleep. They back out protesting at noon and they protest until one, two in the morning and they do it all over again the next day. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. The so let, let's you and we'll stay on George Floyd in Minneapolis. Um, One of the things that the people were asking for, because, you know, when you're protesting, there are some demands that you have. The demand was to abolish the Minneapolis Police Department. Do you think that I mean, and honestly, do you think that that came from black folks? abolishing the Minneapolis Police Department? Or do you think that that came from another racial group? Well, I think that abolishing the entire police department stems from the fact that these guys were acting with so much disregard for human life when they knew people were recording. That means that within that department, they have assurances that it doesn't fucking matter what you do when you go out there. Cameras are rolling. 
people are recording. I'm, I'm talking about multiple people recording and you have the store recording it. A guy with 18 previous complaints and he didn't give a fuck. That means that that police department is complicit in the stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. And they're probably complicit in the stuff that other people within the department do. So essentially, and it's it's a it's a pipe dream, but they want to start fresh, like get rid of all these motherfuckers. I can't trust none of them. So it's a pipe dream, but I wouldn't be, I, I mean, Minneapolis has, they have put so much energy into this movement now. They asking for shit. You seen what they did to the mayor. They literally put him on the spot. They told him, are you going to abolish the police department? And he literally said, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they he, made he this motherfucker pathetic. do the walk. But then, Kevin, where where are you coming at from that question? Though, who do you think is asking for it? That's I I don't believe that that's black people. I believe. So you I think be- it's who? I be- I believe that that's white people. And for what reason? Um, I think that it could be a hidden agenda that without policing, um, now you have the right to you know just kind of run around and do what it is you desire. But what I'm saying is, there's no way. But that, that that's that's more like a that's more like a form of when you say abolish the Minneapolis Police Department that's more that's closer to a form of anarchy. We've never talked about anarchy. That that's black which, folks. Listen, but which is why the mayor said in so many words, "Hell no." He said, "No, it's not. It that will not happen because regardless what you think." And again, I hate to use a word or words that Donald Trump uses. <laughs> everything that he you every word that he uses is meant to incite but you do need to have law and order because let's say the, the minneapolis public gets what they want and it's no more police they're going to hell you know shit man they they, they going to hell on a, on, a, on a quick highway but it's again it's just a pipe dream it's just a pipe dream they need to do things to correct what's going on in that police department because it's dirty but again, 99.9% of police departments outside of like these small cities where everybody knows the sheriff and everybody shakes his hand like uh, like Andy Griffith and, you know, and Mayberry, 99.9% of these police departments are dirty. That's why of all the things that I saw that was disingenuous, it's every fucking police officer that took a knee because, bitch, what y'all been doing for centuries, the shit y'all been trained to do from the time you got on the force. They were that the incident with George Floyd, there were two veteran cops training two rookie cops to treat the next George Floyd the way they treated that man. Yeah, that's institutional. Y'all been doing that shit for decades and decades and decades. And don't fucking sit here and tell me that after 10 days of marching, y'all getting on them knees, shaking hands with shaking hands and hugging motherfuckers from the black community and telling them that you, everything's going to be all right. That's the yeah. book. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I do not. And let me be clear, you know, and I've said that there's cool officers and there's bad officers, but I don't buy this shit with mm-hmm. these officers kneeling. And, you know, that's just, I look at that as a tactical thing. Let yep. me do this so I can, you know, ease the tension that's going on here and i'll be looked at as a you know as a part of the community but i'll be essentially doing my job but but when we back, get when we, go when, ahead. when we get back to regular scheduled programming right every single one of you motherfuckers that was talking shit that was dancing in front of me raising your black fist and talking all that shit and i had to stand here and take it i'm breaking a bone for every single one of y'all motherfuckers that did that shit because the mentality is ingrained in their training and in who they are if they and they've been on the, if they've been on the force for 20 years you know if you got on the force when you were 20 and you've been on the force for 20 years you know when you're 40 now you've spent half of your life doing this shit this way you know what i'm saying all of your right. adults. Let, let, let me say this though, Kevin. Let me throw this. Th- let me throw this out though, since you you think and that's a good question to ask. Where is that request coming from to abolish the police department? So New York Times says nine percent of the police department in Minneapolis mm-hmm. is black. So it is a white institution. So they, when I say they're already doing what they want to do. They are. Uban just said they felt empowered enough to say, I don't give a fuck if a camera is on. I'm still doing this shit. 
So to my my point is, if you're already, it's just like I told y'all last last week. If you are in a position of power, okay, that police force is is an advantage for white people. Yeah, and white people are in a position of power. Why would white people want to abolish that system? That makes no sense. Not to me. So again, it, it, I would say it does because the shit's not going to happen. So you've. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna abolish the Minneapolis Police Department. It's not gonna happen. So you've staged a protest. You have the you have everybody against the ropes. There are a bunch of demands that you can make and ask for. Your your community's ravaged. You got all these things going on, and you have to abolish the police department. That's it. That's 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 all you want right now. No, well, Kev, I don't know if that's all they're asking for. Yeah, I mean. Do do we know that for sure that that's all they're asking for? I, that that sounds kind of crazy. They, I'm sure they're asking for more. We took a we took I mean, a we. I'm, I mean, you know, they they're asking for justice, of course. They're asking for prison time for all the officers. They're asking. Okay, for so here here's here's listen. So and I and I don't when I say this part too, I don't want to um diminish the the death of george floyd mm -hmm. um and ubang said it was it was a perfect storm um i've heard even black folks coming out and speaking you know trying to attack george floyd's character and he wasn't a good man and he was actually this and this and that and blah 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 now when you when you say that they're they're asking for convictions and stuff like that they are the issue though is a bigger issue than just stopping there because convicting those those police officers is a big deal but that does not solve the big issue the bigger issue it's it's way more than that man i agree it's like killing ants right you see ants you might see three or four. Oh shit boom let me kill these motherfuckers nah man behind closed doors another hundred of those motherfuckers until you get to the damn to the root of the problem like you, you're just gonna they gonna pop up some more. What's his name? Chauvin. Yeah, Chauvin or whatever his name Chauvin is. Waiting to be hatched. So you know that to me, I bro, nothing infuriated me more about these protests than seeing that shit from the police. I prefer. I I respect the motherfuckers that's coming through there, knocking down old people and hitting women and all that shit. That's y'all. That's the niggas I know. I know y'all because that's the that's the motherfuckers that come through the hood every day. I know y'all. But these motherfuckers that you got a 60, 70 year old police officer getting down on his old ass knees. Bitch, you don't mean that shit. You didn't kill. You didn't probably kill more niggas than cigarettes. But, oh, you know, after 10 days of just having people protest nonstop and y'all tired of working 16 hour shifts. You know what, man? Let's get on his knee and, and tell him we're with him. Mm -hmm. and go go find a go find the biggest, loudest black person in the crowd and go hug him. Nah, man. But and to get back to the original point, the white folks that's out there riding. Listen, man. I was telling one of my partners and he know I went hard on him too. He kept sending me shit like, look at this. We got a group chat and he kept sending it to us like, man, this shit kind of weird. I don't know how to feel about this. Got this white girl out here throwing up the black fist, screaming black lives matter. I'm like, while you was riding by nigga, while you was in your car riding by and she was out there posted. Have you been to one of the protests? No. Okay. Then don't get mad at another motherfucker. That's don't putting in the work when you're not willing to put in the work. You know what I'm saying? Right now, there's never been a better time to be black as far as having your voice heard, trying to make legitimate changes. And it's a lot of white people back there that's driving the bus with us, trying to get us there. And they making shit happen. Again, I don't care. I don't know what the ulterior motives are, if there are any. And if there are, so be it. Let's all seize the moment. You know what I'm saying? I, I was telling my partner, you can take advantage of the situation because right now, white motherfuckers is looking at you. I got some friends that are, um, I got one that's a lawyer, that's a junior partner. And then uh, one that's a, that's an exec in a, in a big company uh, where they are the very small percentage of black people and they have the ear. So my, my boy that's a junior partner in his law firm, he has the ear of the partners. My boy that's an exec, at his company has the ear of the CEO and they talking about like, listen, Hey man, I'm a shit. I'm a, I'm a parlay this shit into something. I got his ear now. Okay. This is what I want. So you can be the motherfucker that takes advantage of the fact that this is the best time in my lifetime that I've seen to be black or 10, 20, 30 years from now, you could talk about, you could be sitting back talking about me. Yeah, remember that one time where it was cool to be black for like two or three months. Nigga, which side are you going to be on? Like everybody can take advantage of this shit. It's just, are you willing to take advantage of the shit while right now they trying to hear black people? So whatever you want to have, whatever you want to have said to your bosses, you know, 
to the, these corporations, whatever, whatever. Do it now. Why are they listening? It, whether it's and, and we know it's all fake on the corp on the corporate side. Oh, absolutely. yeah, yeah. I mean, and and even speaking on the cop side, like like uh, what was that officer um in Oklahoma? It was uh Kevil Kevil Williams or Kevil Williams. I don't know how. I think it's one of those, one of the two. Uh, he turned in his badge and was like, "Well, fuck it, I can't, I can't take a knee. Fuck it, I'm gonna go protest, y'all. I'm gonna be back then." Like, if you're doing something like that, if it's real, it's real. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's. But if you just, I'm a kneel right now and you know have a kumbaya moment with you motherfuckers, and then like you just like you said, Uban, back to regular scheduled programming. Yeah, and the funny thing is the rhetoric. And a lot of the bullshit, like a lot of the stuff that's coming out of Fox, um, coming from Fox News, especially about George Floyd individually, it's not getting no airplay. I got a, I got a, I got a couple of uh, uh, white dudes that I roll with. I, I don't roll with them, but I know them. Um, and and this is nah, you roll with them. <laughs> no, I was about to, I was about to tell you, not to sound like that dude, but yeah, I got a couple white friends, and like the ones that I roll, the ones that I actually do roll with, and you know, even though it's few and far between, and you know, we don't see each other every day like that, but I know they solid. But that don't take away from the fact that they still have an advantage. That yo, listen, they can come hang out with the black dude. They can enjoy black culture. They can enjoy black music. They can enjoy black style. But when they get back to work on Monday, or when they get into a different circle, they can. Flip that switch and they back with the in crowd. Let me ask this. If you, Kevin, it sounded like you were like, okay, allies, I don't trust the motherfuckers. Yeah. I ain't calling them allies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if you look at it that way, or regardless of how you look at it, my mm-hmm. question then is, what do you want white people to do at this point? What will satisfy you at this point? How do you want them to act? Say nothing? Because if they don't, guess what? You, you'll be sitting like, these motherfuckers don't say shit. They got power and they authority and they don't they know they ain't using it the thing is this unless your argument is for segregation unless your argument is to just separate and create your own world you're arguing about a system that is not built for you that you know you don't have the authority in and that white folks do so what do you want them to do with that authority hey dp dp yeah do you remember on our show two weeks ago what i said i said when you go to these uh historically black colleges you go to these predominantly black and brown high schools and your upbringing you get out in the real world you're gonna need that white plug yeah that jewish plug you're gonna need that Asian plug. So, and this was before this shit even happened. Before this shit even happened, I was telling, I was already saying, like, listen, white people control the jails. White people control the courts. Like, Donald Trump is putting judges in, putting judges in office that are going to be there for years. It's a lifetime contract and they can, they can control certain things. So if they want something to go through, they can make it go through. If they want something to not, you know, to, to go by the wayside, they can make it go by the wayside. But at the end of the day, white people still control law. White people still control law enforcement. So, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you still need those allies. I was saying that before this shit even happened. But now that we got it, it's like, we don't know how to, we don't know how to, how to really react to it. But go ahead, Kev. Now you can answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say that before I forgot (laughs) <laughs> I, I really meant it like you can literally put our state of the black union episode in and we could just go home like we don't even have to do this episode right here because everything we saying now we were saying two weeks ago mm-hmm. like i don't we didn't need and no this like listen i don't want this to be taken the wrong way it was just a perfect storm because i'm pretty sure another nigga that looked just like george floyd probably got killed the day before yeah this was the tipping and, and yeah no disrespect god rest god rest his soul yeah it you know no disrespect to him. The was, issue was looming. The yeah. issue was underlying, prevalent. It was massive. Whatever you want to call it, the shit was in existence well before then. And if shit don't change, it's going to be well after. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what what do you want? Since you're saying, Kevin, you don't look at them as allies and you have an issue. What do you want them to do? What do you want white folks to do right now? Um, I would say this. They definitely I, I definitely don't want them to be silent. I think I, I I want everyone to pick a side. Everyone. Um, it's just again when you start letting your allies or or people that you're working with, when you let them become your voice and become the voice, it and this is just me. I feel that it becomes less about what you want as a people, and it can turn into what they believe you want. So, so then it, that goes back to what I said from the jump, though. Then you yeah, have to get out there and protest. 
<laughs> nigga, you wasn't even out there. <laughs> Maybe you can't get mad at the nigga that's riding for you when you not riding. Come on, man. That was that's the that's the only thing I was saying from jump. It's like if you're if you're saying they're be I ride in other ways. Yeah, but if you're saying they're becoming the voice, you're talking about the public perception of what the voice is. And if you're saying they're becoming the voice because they're out there, get out there. That's that's the only thing I'm saying to to black folks. Like you gotta then then say something. We have blacks out there. We have them out. Kevin, I I was just at a protest. I'm telling you the makeup of it. I'm telling you how it was. Okay, but we if if even if we have five blacks out there, that's still black voices. But but you're saying that it's since it's a flood of white folks or other races and not blacks, then it becomes a different agenda because there's only five black people out there. And when you let them become the voice. When you let them become the voice, then they will interpret what they believe. But what I'm meant. saying, Kev. So I, I, so I, I mean, so I don't care if if it's a flood out there. If we still have the voice, I don't want to lose the voice. That's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. White people have. First off, we only make up 14 percent of the population, and that too can have something to do with why our numbers are down, especially with LA being a, a melt, more of a melting pot than some of these other places. So we, I took that into consideration. We are a minority. We are a minority. Whether you like it or you don't, if a, unless a white motherfucker get behind you, you're not making noise corporately. Like you're not making noise on a corporate level. But just unless you're segregating, that's the only thing. But your your argument isn't. If your argument ain't to segregate, what the fuck are you saying? That's what I'm talking about. I do. You know what though? That's the other thing. I do want to segregate. I think we should. But do you? How how much? How is it more realistic? It's for, not. It's a pipe dream. It's not gonna happen. I'm because I was just about to tell you. It's, it's not gonna happen. If you set up, if you set up a boycott, a protest where you say, "Hey, we are gonna boycott big brands, and you're only gonna shop black." Come bring your ass to LA. I'm gonna take you through a bunch of hoods, and I'll tell you on day one and day two, you'll see. I'll I'll drive you into different white establishments where you'll see lines of black people still lining up to spend their money. Nick, we talking about going back episodes. Go back to episode number one. Can I get that five on the black hand side? We were talking about where black folks can't even support black businesses. Yeah, like it's crazy that you have to make a that literally now during this. There's been a push to support black businesses. You're seeing posts on Instagrams. Here's 25 black businesses you should support in this arena. Here's 25 black books you should read. Here's 20 or black authors that you should read. Here's 25 black producers that you should watch their movies. Like the support is coming now because you have a groundswell and white people, bro. Believe me, I have. A, I told you my my four or five. I I I don't want to count them out on air, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have more than five white friends, but they're real friends. And we've had conversations since this shit happened. And and of course, because they they're real friends, they can speak honestly with me, even though it's uncomfortable and it's it's kind of it's awkward. And you can hear the difference in somebody that can speak candidly mm -hmm. as to what's going on in corporate America. Now, a white person jump out, say, you know, fuck black people. He's losing his job today. Now, now you're losing your job off that shit. But that's the white voice. I'm getting emails from Foot Locker. Foot Locker's closing all stores tomorrow in memorial of George Floyd. Yeah. Bruh, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, yeah. he posting the white hate every day and telling them to get the fuck on. We don't need your business. Like, that's huge, bro. These are big corporations that don't need to step out. Drew Brees, he's a dude that has donated $35 million to black causes. That nigga's jumped out sideways and you can hear protests in New Orleans where they saying, fuck Drew Brees. Right. He got so scared straight, though. Donald Trump tried to back him up. He wrote him back like, bruh, I don't need it. <laughs> Keep that. Yeah, because he because he knows the makeup of New Orleans when he out there playing them games. He knows who's the, the heart of that city and the heart of that damn team in that franchise. And that's why his money doesn't go on the black folks, because that's where he at. But that's but that's what I'm saying, though. Like that is because they putting a foot on the necks of those people and they not letting up. So all the so all the, the negative like you would hear a huge outcry from Fox News outlets and a lot of the Trump supporters. 
it's being so you barely hearing that shit. You're barely hearing that shit. I had a I had a a, a dude that I know I used to work with. Um, and he hit me up like, yo, man, like, why are they making this dude George Floyd out to he's not black? Why are they making this dude George Floyd out to be like like a hero? Like he put a, a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach and this that and the third, and like ESPN is memorializing him and this that and the third. And I'm like, bro, it was the it was the perfect storm. Leave it at that. Yeah. You don't you right. don't have to like him, but what they what's going on right now, you can't change that. So if you don't like it, just shut the fuck up, sit on the sideline because is he's literally part of a bigger movement. He's just he is it's, man, and and I'm saying this, I'm saying this again. Could have been me. It could have been you. DP, it could have been Kevin. It could have been any of us. He just was the he was just the face. Listen, again, God rest his soul and anyone else who has lost their lives, you know, to police brutality, all that. And I am not by any shape or form like trying to diminish that. If you stop me and and I'm protesting and you were to ask me, I didn't know George Floyd personally. I can't tell you he is a hero. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out there saying that. I am championing a bigger cause mm -hmm. that's rooted in what took his life. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That shit needs to change. And I'll say this, Ubang, about the Foot Lockers and the, you know, Joe Smo corporations and whoever else, and even Drew Brees motherfucking ass. I'll say this. It's not enough to have a day where you close a store and say, we're doing this for George Floyd. That's that's a huge step. And you stepping out and showing, you know, some, you know, solidarity with the cause. That's great. It's not enough. Drew Brees, you donated millions of dollars to black communities. That's great. Not knocking you on that. But if that corporation, if Foot Locker or whoever has discriminatory processes and policies in place that aren't changed shutting down the store for one day ain't gonna do shit if you clearly have it in your heart that what is being done in the protest from drew Brees' standpoint is disrespect to the flag motherfucker you are missing the point too here's the thing though dp here's the thing go to um go to the adidas the adidas employees mm -hmm. are protesting against adidas in eugene oregon where the um the headquarters where the, where the headquarters are yeah. they're protesting against adidas because they're saying that adidas is all talk no action right that's what right? that's so, yeah oh so that's what but that's what i'm telling you that the, the pressure is being put on these corporations now it's not just talk you're not gonna give us just talk if you want to get just lip service let jordan do that jordan just gave 100 million 10 million over the next 10 years and it's all lip service but i'm just saying this though uban with with, with closing the Foot Locker or whatever you're doing, the pressure is on. Yes, but don't Foot Locker. Don't don't be the police officer kneeling just because the crowd is here. That's what I'm talking about. Don't just do it because the crowd is here. Really, be about making some change. Let's let's be honest. Stores been closed for three months, motherfucker. Closing for another day. Ooh, thank you. Like no, you got to do more than that. That's what I'm saying. It's a it's a great gesture. Can you still shop online? DP. <laughs> I'm sure. What the um what I was saying about Adidas was that they're protesting at their headquarters and literally putting tape over the Adidas signs on their shoes and their apparel. And they're saying that Adidas was all talk, no action. But guess what's mm -hmm. probably gonna happen when um Adidas goes back to the drawing board? There's gonna be a new division built within Adidas where it's about inclusion of black people. Mm -hmm. And from that, you're going to get black people that come out that normally would not have been in uh, upper management in corporate positions that are going to start getting corporate positions. Call it what you want. The shit is like affirmative action. And I really feel like this is going to be affirmative action on crack. Like it's going to be like, you're going to start seeing black people come in into power over the next two to three years because of this movement and, it's, and that's what i'm i agree with that and that's why i'm saying take advantage of the moment and, and, and I, I would love to see that i hope that all of that happens just the way that history is man it, it just i don't trust it I, I i don't go ahead go ahead no, I'm just saying that that's just kind of what it boils down to me. It's just like, nah, man, uh, we've seen, man, that people that we thought were our allies, man, they they snaked us in the end. What's the difference? I just don't see a difference. But what I'm saying is at the end of the day, it's up to us. We've been resourceful with less. At the end of the day, we have a moment. We have a moment in time right now where it is 
actually cool to be black and it is okay to be angry and you can go up and call a crack ass cracker crack ass cracker and ain't nobody even the other crack ass crackers around you gonna be mad let's find a way to take advantage of that shit this may set your family up for generations to come based on something that was built out of this moment i don't want to be looking back 20 years from now and remembering that 20 years ago in 2020 where it was the worst year possible but black people had like a cool three-month run mm-hmm you calling it a Trojan horse, what right? I, what I don't, I mean, just what I don't want to see happen, I believe it's going to fall under the umbrella of minority. It's going to fall under that blanket. But listen to what they're asking for. They're asking for better policing for minorities. They're not asked. So it's not like, hey, man, when you police this gay person, I don't want you to, you know, this gay person in West Hollywood that's a millionaire that's driving in the roles. I don't want you to, uh, you know, beat them up or drag them out their car. That's not happening there. So some of the issues that they're having are exclusive. They're exclusive to us. So how the fuck is somebody going to hijack that when they're exclusive? These are problems that they don't have. So you, you asked you, Urban, leading into this, you asked, you said, what do they have to lose? You talk about the, when you talked about the, uh, the, the, <laughs> with adidas and you're saying it being a sub a, a subdivision designated to uh to include um what you said black uh black folks or, or, the, or the black community or something like that instead of it falling under the black community i again me personally looking at it i see it falling under minority community and when it falls into minority community now it's not just black folks now it's women now it's gays, now it's Asians, now it's Middle Easterners, now it's Latinos, now it's Native Americans. Right. And we're, on, and we're getting the short end of the stick. Not, I don't, I, I don't, I, Kevin. Like, yes. What, what I've heard though, and this is what I'm saying, and all I'm saying is these people and these corporations need to keep the same energy. They are talking about black people. When they say it, they are saying black people. Now, I, I'm, I hear what you're saying the minority umbrella but yeah. what i'm saying is these initiatives are directed towards the stuff that's affecting black people so i mean all i'm saying is keep the steamboat behind that that shit i hear you i i, I mean i haven't i've i can't remember uh where where i heard it from um but i was seeing stuff where it said black and brown community yeah well what again this is my thing what do you want what do you want people to do it's, uh, okay okay so do you want this to be a black only movement yeah you want only black people only black people in the streets only black people out there pushing the calls only black people i want only black people to benefit from this movement i want a black only beneficial movement it, so if it, other, others want to help us hey man that's fine but at the end of the day i want to be selfish with this thing and i want us to benefit so now when you say black and brown do you feel like latinos are ahead of us uh what do you mean I'm saying like you're saying like if I if, if from this movement Latinos can hit the coattails and, and, and come along for the ride. Fuck it. Let them. You got to listen. I know some bad ones, but I know some good ones. And these motherfuckers, is, they struggling just to get legalized. They're undocumented, but they're hardworking. And like they want to be a part of society, too. Is So I'm not again. Yes, I care about my people first, but damn, that don't mean that if somebody else can also benefit from it, another race that's also doing bad. Now, if you're saying that the movement is going to turn into all minorities, white women are considered minority. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Women in general are considered a minority. Mm hmm. My wife, highly educated, right? Might be the smartest person I know next to my dad. Oh, I thought she was about to say next to me. Nah, you like 15th or 16th on the totem pole. But <laughs> um, Am I above you, though? <laughs> slightly. <laughs> so, so my wife, who is highly educated, mm -hmm. she is in her field, um, well, she just left retail pharmacy, but when she was there, she was probably one of the best pharmacists in her district. She was the best pharmacist in her district. She won multiple awards where they take the best pharmacists uh, from each district and fly them out to Orlando for some award ceremony every year. Mm. And she would win that shit for her district multiple years. Mm. And they wanted to put her in a program with an African dude and they were willing to put her in the program with the African dude who she was probably smarter than, but he and her being in the same program, he made more than her. Mm. 
even though she was smarter than him, even though she turned around more stores than her than him. And she felt disrespected by the fact that, you know, when there's a store that's fucking up, when there's a terrible store, they send her over there. Six months later, she turns the shit around. Mm -hmm. You know, she wanted to just be a, a retail pharmacist. They told her, no, we're going to have you're going to have to be a part of management, too. So you're going to have to be a pharmacy manager. So now you're a, a pharmacist and you manage the staff. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to do that shit, but she did that. Turn stores around and she's still getting paid less. So if now you have a woman who is a minority and they are treated worse, she expressed her frustration with being in a male dominated industry where she comes to the table and she already got two strikes against her. She's black and she's a woman. So now it's a very thin line. When we start saying like, hey, man, I only want this for, for this person. You know what I'm saying? Like I can only I want reparations for this individual, but not that individual who can't have a similar background or could have a similar story and could be in a similar, you know, similar situation. So, again, it's up to us to individually to take advantage of the situation individually. But but even with that, though, Uban, she still falls under the umbrella of black. Yeah. But his point is you're talking about the minority thing, too, though. Like, does it stop at where does it stop? I think is what he's right. getting. Where where does it where does it stop? Is it just is it just the black man is the only one that's gonna come up or no 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 is is black people? But the, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like it's now you know what if you're talking about a biracial? I'm half black, half white, half Mexican, half white, a third black. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry. It's just black people. I get it, and I don't mean to sound like an a hole or 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 just yeah, man. So like, man, the 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 biracial thing. Hey, man, no, um, no. Just I black. mean, I'm with you on some stuff, man, but I mean, it's <laughs> some of it. I'm not. I mean, I, I I could even look at uh, you know, like a J Cole. He has yeah. made some of the most profound, you know, music. Yeah, as far as you know. The struggle that is related to black folks. He's biracial. He's black. <laughs> it's the way I see it. I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's just it's, like I said. I don't for know. me, a lot of this stuff is disingenuous. A lot of it is bullshit. But you have people that are really applying pressure to these companies right now and saying you will not just throw money at the situation. You right. will not just give us lip service. What the fuck are you doing as a company and to include black people? About. Right. And that's the difference right now. It's they are look, look, Kev. When you go out there and you listen, just look at anything that Jeff Bezos from um, Amazon post. He is speaking directly. He is not saying minorities. He is not saying, you know, people that are disenfranchised. He is saying blacks. How can we help black people? Foot Locker, black. How can we help black people? We, we Jordan. Jordan, who who says that Republicans buy shoes too? How can we help black people? Because Jordan ain't black. And I just, that, yeah, I, I hear you. But I just, again, I go back to the, I, I look back at history in the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King was the face, the poster child for the civil rights movement. And from the civil rights movement, many other groups benefited other than black folks. And one could say benefited more than black folks, uh, especially with the, you know, with the with the situation of integration. But, but um, do you know why, though, Kevin? Why? Because white society was a lot more willing to allow other people to benefit. The powers that be, the people at the top, at the end of the day, if you can't affect the people that actually make the decisions it doesn't matter at the top all the way at the top you go all the way up to the white house mm -hmm. if you have racism and, and they view black people as less than i don't give a fuck what your movement is they can't move if you can't get them to move off of their rhetoric and to move off of their stance they will find ways to circumvent it and give it to other people so the movement is still the movement as it is right now is still strong and it's really pro-black, but it, at the end of the day, it's up to the people at the top, people at the at, at the top of the food chain to redistribute to black communities. If they choose not to, and they say, you know what, we got this bullshit minority thing we got to do. Um, right. If it's like that, then yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. Tell your tell your wives that we, we're going to make some, you know, some positions for them to, to come and get this money. Like if it that's that's what was happening. That So it's not the people that it's not the people that were a part of the protest and the people that were fighting as allies that tried to hijack the shit. It's the people at the top that don't want to give the money. So they find loopholes to just put it right back in their pocket. 
pockets. Hey, you know why you talk about women uh, being minorities? Because that is a loophole that society has used to put white women in positions so that the money just goes back to their husband. Yeah. Just going back to a white family. Yeah. There's always so, an agenda. Right. Yeah. There's always an agenda. You know, I mean, speaking of that, Uban, you brought up Fox News a couple of times and told and you, you know, earlier on, you were like, you know, you got your kids watching CNN, but you also got them watching Fox News and shit like that. I mean, Fox News reported um, they had this bullshit ass report about the S&P 500 and its performance after events like this. What the fuck? Like these niggas are tracking the performance of the stock market and how it bounces back or reacts to incidents like this. Yeah. So their so, agenda is different. You know, it's never going to completely be aligned with yours. You got to you got to make some shit happen and attack these corporations, these big corporations and these powers that be. Like you said, the thing is, how do you go about doing that? And then, Kevin, the bigger question, you know, from, you know, to kind of pick your brain would be, can you do that with only black people? Um, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure there's a way. Okay. And I, you know, I don't, I don't want to seem like overly passionate, but, but like it's, it's, I'm passionate about it because at the end of the day, like I'm happy to see shit like this because I didn't seen the other side of it. Like real life, like I'm not an ally, like nigga, I'm in the trenches, like everything. And it's not just when, when they talk about blacks being um, disenfranchised or, you know, treated differently. It's not just police brutality. You work a corporate gig. You got to be 10 times better than the white boy to get a promotion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the white boy could come in looking like shit and they're going to talk about how well of a job he does and how he's a go getter. Yeah. You come in looking like shit. They're going to talk bad about you and, and, and they're going to try and fire you. The fact that you can't get in, fuck getting a job, fuck getting a promotion. You can't get an interview if they look at your fucking resume and see a Trayvon, see a Shaniqua. Mm -hmm. If your name black, nigga, we just up toss it. Next, next name. Like you can't, you literally can't even get a fucking job opportunity based on you sounding or looking or being black. Like that's the shit that we've been dealing with our whole fucking life. So if we got an opportunity and it may not even help me, but if we have an opportunity to potentially help my sons be able to come up and, you know, like that, that would be I would I would love to see it. You know what I'm saying like we my boy Mark sent me a um, sent me a, um, an article from the Washington Post. And it's talking about how the or the wealth gap between whites and blacks um, are no different, even worse in some areas than uh, before the civil rights movement, right? The article, it has a chart that shows the median household wealth by race and education level. And this is back in 2006. So for a black family that has, and at, okay, so when it's less than a high school degree, or less than a high school diploma, they're both pretty low, like um, less than less than a hundred thousand. But white folks are at about fifty thousand, and black folks at about twenty five thousand. Mm. With a high school diploma, black folks are at about twenty five thousand. White folks are at a hundred thousand. With some college, it's the same, twenty five to a hundred thousand. With a bachelor's degree, black folks jump up to seventy five thousand. White folks jump up to a little bit above 300,000 mm. with an advanced degree. Black folks stay the same at about 75,000 and white folks jump up to almost 600,000. That's the, the median household wealth by race and education level. Wow. Right now they did one for average cash on hand. So that's the, that's the nigga. If something go wrong, I got to have cash on hand mm -hmm. cash rules, everything around me cream, mm -hmm. get the money. Okay. Dollar. Exactly. Dollar dollar bills. So when we talk about the dollar dollar bills, okay, we got high school education or less. Black folks, um, it looks like I'm, the chart is just, you know, it, it uses um like like twenty five thousand dollar increments as like the bars. So I'm just I'm just averaging right now. So it looks like about like seven thousand. This is with a high school education or less. Seven thousand dollars cash on hand for um, white people. It's uh, slightly below twenty five thousand. This is high school education or less cash on hand. Damn. Bachelor's degree or higher. Black people slide up to slightly below twenty five thousand. So in that twenty to twenty two thousand dollar range, white folks slightly under a hundred thousand cash on hand. Wow. Bachelor's degree or higher. As a homeowner, black folks are at about 15,000 mm. and white people are at about almost 70,000 wow. cash on hand. Wow. These are, and th this is from 2016. There were a bunch of charts that talk about 
the unemployment rate right now, I think like as of April, I think I think it says like 49 percent of black people are, are employed, so which means that nigga 51 ain't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like these are these are real numbers. And they are when you go into when you you know, when you're going into work as a black person, you just trying to hold on to the gig. White people still talking the same, dealing with the same type of shit. They want advancement. I want to move up. I want to make more money. If you're a black person right now, you're just trying to hold on. But that's been our history, though. So right now you could probably go to any you probably go to any hood in America where is this, this, you know, people that are disadvantaged, Mm -hmm. this coronavirus and everything else is going on with the work stoppage and, you know, having to stay at home. It has zero effect on them. Nigga, they've been living under beneath the poverty level. They've been living below the poverty level. So if we never had shit and we find it like different ways to hustle and, you know, different ways to scratch and claw. What's the good times? What's the good times uh, theme song? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. we've been, layoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been, we've been scratching and clawing and hustling and doing whatever we got to do. And, you know, you got to sell, you know, sell baked goods and you know, surviving. hanging in the line. So that shit is not new to, to people at, at the, at the, at the bottom. This coronavirus shit didn't affect them. It might it may have affect, affected them health wise, but it didn't affect them financially because they was already at the bottom. That's why you got more white people that's mad right now because some of them are starting to get affected by the shit. So like their frustration may not even be related to George Floyd, may not be related to race relations. They just mad. Yeah, we got to stay at home for three months. We tired of that shit. Let's go out and fuck some shit up. up y'all don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and facebook at two peas and a bong that is the number two w-o-p-e-e-z-a-n-d-a-b-o-n-g two peas and a bong that's our handle on ig twitter and facebook y'all thanks for rocking with us we'll catch y'all on the next one